Welcome to the Pulse Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things residency in the beautiful province of British Columbia. Uh, my name is Jeff Frost. I am a fourth-year physiatry resident, and I am joined today by Daphne Liu. Daphne, do you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. I'm Daphne Liu. I'm a second-year general surgery resident, and I'm very excited to be part of this podcast. And Daphne, what is your official title at the Resident Doctors of BC? Ah, that's a good question. I am the External and Labor Relations Director on the RDBC Executive. My old job. Very cool. So, Daphne, uh, thank you for joining us in this dimly lit apartment. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. As you can imagine, I'm post-call, but I'm excited to be here and to be part of this. Wow. Brilliant. So, Daphne, the reason I wanted to chat with you today was every now and then I get questions from my co-residents that I think are really fair. And one of the biggest questions I get is, hey, you're in this union. What does it do? Like, what does this union do for me? I don't get it. And I always answer the same way that we help negotiate collective agreements. That's our main reason for existing. And I really hope that your new paycheck shows how important that function is. But there are other things that we do. And I know that you are currently leading one of the most, shall I say, exciting initiatives. Or wait, no, shall I say sleep-inducing <laughs> initiatives at the Resident Doctors of PC. Um, so I just wanted to have you on to chat about it and, and just to kind of let people know, like, these are some of the things we do. This is how we go about achieving them. So with that introduction, that very long-winded introduction, could you just tell us what is the issue you're addressing and why did it need to be addressed? Yeah. So um, you're totally right. A lot of people ask, what exactly does RDBC do for its residents? And so one of the things that we have been working on recently is to address the issues around call rooms. Um, as a general surgery resident, especially as a junior resident, we spend one in four of our calls in-house, which means we spend our nights in the hospital. And if we're lucky enough, it also means we get to sleep in the call rooms. Unfortunately, as a lot of residents have realized, the conditions of these call rooms are quite variable <laughs> and also um, can be quite disappointing. And so I've taken it upon myself to start kind of documenting some of these experiences. And as uh, Dr. Frost can attest to, I've also started taking videos. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's start there because I think this all started with you. Would it be fair for me to say just like frustrated on call one night? Yes, you're totally right. Yeah, so I think I was chilling at home. I was <laughs> up way too late and I got this text from you to a whole group, not just to me, <laughs> of a video of, I guess we'll leave the hospital unnamed for now, uh, but it was a video of a hospital call room and resident room. And can you just describe for us what was in this video? <laughs> so it was, it was a series of videos, I would say, because I, it was like opening Pandora's box. It just got more and more <laughs> exciting. So I entered the resident lounge and lo and behold, there is an entire ceiling tile missing with pipes leading to a garbage can filled with water and water flowing around the computer area where we usually do our work. 
I then proceed to walk into the call rooms and there is a bed that is completely soaked in water with garbage all over it. And I start walking in and the carpet is soaked as well. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't spend any more time here. So I go into the other resident lounge and I'm surprised to see that there is a mouse running around. <laughs> and that was just one night on call. <laughs> and so I just, I kind of want to describe, because I know not everyone who listens to this podcast is a resident. And like, what does being on call mean? Like, so, because I can envision someone sitting at home listening to this saying, like, why do you care what the lounge looks like? Go see a patient, go do your job. So like, what does being on call mean? So for us, being on call means we start our regular day at six o'clock in the morning. We start seeing our patients. Then around eight o'clock, we go to the operating room. And by 5 p.m., the operating room is usually done. After five, we start seeing consults until about 6 a.m. the next day. And so in between those times, we can be managing um, eMERGE consults. Hang on, I got to pause you there. So for people who are not doing the math at home, that's 24 hours of straight work. Correct. Like you're not going home. You're not having a shower. Correct. You are at the hospital working for 24 straight hours. That is exactly right. Okay. Thank you. Just need to clarify (laughs) that awful point. (laughs) And sometimes more. Um, But yes, exactly. So um, in between those times, um, between going to the emergency room, being in the operating room, and then managing some sick patients on the ward, uh, we try to get some downtime to go and um, catch some rest. And so the call rooms is kind of our sanctuary because that's the only time we really get to be alone, to get some of our own work done, and to put our head on the pillow. So when those conditions are rather appalling, it can it can make for a really frustrating night. Yeah, and like I don't do this anymore, thank <laughs> the powers that be. Uh, but I remember being in your position and when I was doing vascular surgery call, neurosurgery call, whatever, I'd be lucky to get maybe two hours of sleep a night in that 24-hour period. But that two hours is so critical. Yeah. So when I show up to my assigned call room and it's covered and the bed is covered in garbage and the floor is wet and the bed is wet, that means I'm not going to be able to get those two hours of sleep because I just I can't use this bed. And so for you in that moment, I can just imagine how soul crushing it is. You're like, man, I got to work 24 straight hours. All I need is a bed for 30 minutes of rest so that I can do my job. And it's not available for you. Exactly. And I guess um, on a good day when we don't have these kind of one-off issues, even the quality of the beds themselves aren't great. They're old patient beds that we're using. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> They're old stretchers. <laughs> we, if for patients who have complained about quality of hospital beds, please note that your used, old, no longer appropriate for patients' beds become resident beds. <laughs> so that's where we lie on the totem pole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Okay, so that's like we've painted the doom and gloom scenario. I hope we've made everyone at home emotionally connected to this story. But, you know, you're a positive person. You you, you want to make things happen. You want to change the world. So what, what did you do? Apart from sending me hilarious texts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess one of the um, constant struggles I have is how we can try to improve residency for everyone. And it's not just myself who's had issues with the call rooms. It's most of my colleagues who have to spend these overnight 
um, calls in the hospital. And so um, I was fortunate enough to attend um, uh, one of the meetings where there were a lot of great mentors, um, and they pointed me to um, one of the members of the VCH board who had taken it upon herself to really fight for her resident wellness. And so she put us in touch with some of the, the health authority leads to try to get us uh, better call room conditions. Um, so we heard back from two of the health authorities, and um, there are definitely things in the works. So uh, one thing that we did find out was that at one of the hospitals, there's approximately 30 beds. 10 of them have already been replaced. Another 10 will be replaced next year, and the rest of them will be replaced in 2021. And then there's also some anonymous funding that came in to help with some cosmetic uplifts to the call rooms. Some of them have very, very old carpets um, that are getting ripped out and replaced with uh, tiles. Um, and then some of them just need um, other facelifts, such as new lamps, which can actually make a big difference if you want to get a little bit of work done, and and some new linens as well. That is really positive stuff, but I want to answer our question. So what does the union do for me? So I want to break that down, because if I remember correctly, you were at that meeting, which you described, mm-hmm. as part of your role on the resident doctors of BC. Exactly. So the resident doctors of BC, it sends representatives like me or you to all these meetings where we interact with kind of the the big power players in the hospital system. At these meetings, we talk about things that matter for residents. In your case, it was call rooms. Mm-hmm. And you managed to find the right person to actually make a change. Like, obviously, you're not going to go into every call room and replace the shag carpet, which also hilarious that we still have carpet in our call rooms, but whatever. <laughs> but you did find the right person to make that change. Yeah. So I guess this is an example of one of the things we do as a union, right? You're exactly right. We go to these meetings and we try to really be the representative voice of the residents um, and to try to identify uh, the problems that matter to us and then advocate on our behalf and find the key players that are able and willing to make the changes that we um that we find are near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. And, you know, I just loved your story because it started with this ridiculous (laughs) video of a mouse, but it ended somewhere really positive. Like there are changes being made um, and it's going to impact the majority of residents, not all because we have some residents in distant sites far away. Yeah. But we haven't forgotten about you because you, you talk to all the health authorities about call rooms. We're doing our best. So um, the Resident Doctors of Canada put out a national call room standardization proposal, which we're going to try and circulate to all the health authorities to ensure that all residents are getting call rooms that meet those standards. Yeah, so this is just like wholesome good stuff, you know? And it is I, wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I kind of want to highlight it because... As important as it is that we take on these initiatives, sometimes even you and I, despite the inordinate amount of time we spend in the hospital, won't know about every pertinent issue to residents. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, neither you or I ever work in pediatric hospitals. Oh, sorry. We do spend like two blocks each, right? Whatever. (laughs) So it's important that if you have an issue that you think is burning and pressing, that you bring it forward to people like Daphne and I, who are your representatives on the union. And we'll do everything we can to try to represent you. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's what we do. (laughs) That's what the resident doctors (laughs) do. Yeah. So I don't know. How how has it made you feel? 
being our call room superhero, Daphne. Well, I wouldn't call myself a call room superhero. <laughs> I think we still have a ways to go. Um, I guess, you know, part of it is uh, just wanting to see the changes for myself and for the colleagues that I've also seen struggle um, spending those nights there. Um, and it's kind of satisfying. It's gratifying to know that we can make a difference. Um, and I'm also grateful for the health authorities and their support in ensuring that we try to have the best conditions we can have. Um after we brought this up, they had immediate responses to our concerns, <laughs> uh, which is always great. Um, and so, and so it's exciting time for residency in BC. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You do point out that we do need to give some, not some, we need to give a lot of respect to our counterparties in the administrative system who actually help make positive change as well. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a teamwork project, but. Daphne, I, you know, veteran podcast host, set up an excellent transition here. So it's all about making change. Uh, we're trying to make things better. If I'm a resident who doesn't really like the idea of running for an election, how can I get involved with the resident doctors of BC and help make positive change? So there are various capacities to get involved with resident doctors of BC, including uh, the Council of um Program. program representatives. There's various <laughs> committees. So right now there's a call stipend one, a workload one that we're um, trying to recruit residents to be on. And then of course, you can always um, just have conversations with any of the residents that are on the board. Um, sit down, have coffee, um, talk about any issues that come up. Um, if you really don't want to be on a committee, that's another way to be involved. Yeah. And and I wanted to point out your story once again because I know the word committee sounds like kind of dull and boring and meetings and blah, <laughs> but you were involved in something, the call rooms, that had a direct impact on most people's lives as a resident and it had a positive outcome. So it's not just sitting around in boring meetings, right? Like exactly. A, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's just a, an uplifting story that I wanted to share <laughs> with everyone. I wish I could share your video, but... I think we'd get in trouble for sharing that because it clearly identifies the problem hospital. <laughs> and they might not be too happy about I that. I don't think they would be. <laughs> but rest assured, everyone, it was hilarious. There was indeed a mouse running around. <laughs> and Daphne, I think you were yelling a bit. If I, I was screaming. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, that's all I really wanted to chat about. I don't know if there's anything else you want to... I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much for coming. We hope you will become our returning champion. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now, everyone. Bye. And so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, just a couple updates. We're doing our Movember contest. So if you're growing an awful mustache like me, be sure to send in a photo to Resident Doctors of BC. We've also got our Christmas social upcoming. We don't have the details nailed down just yet. But that should be a lot of fun. And this is incredibly last minute, but we have a meeting this Wednesday, that is November the 20th, with the provincial government. This meeting comes out of our negotiations. They've asked to meet with family medicine residents to discuss employment structures moving forward. These meetings are so key. I'm going to be announcing them on the podcast moving forward. Uh, it was a huge win in negotiations that the provincial government started paying attention to us and wants us at these meetings to give them our feedback about how the healthcare system works. So I think it's really important that if you have any intention of vaguely working in this province as a physician, if the meeting applies to you, so if you're a family medicine resident, show up. Let them know what you think. 
Um, these meetings will make real change in how healthcare is delivered to millions of people for years to come. So it's really exciting stuff. And it, it's honestly my favorite thing to have come out of negotiations, way more important than CMPA, way more than pay, all that other stuff. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be in chat soon. We'll, we'll chat soon. I don't know how I screwed that up. <laughs> we will talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>